All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Haba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever. Yeah. All right. Camera. What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk. That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, toys. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Guys, we're winding down on one of the most frustrating years in some recent memory. Uh, you guys feeling good about uh, 2017? You got those New Year's resolutions lined up? Um, no, Stop I don't. doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Find something better to do with my time. No. <laughs> no, I... Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything... To look forward to. No, no, everything's gonna be better. It right? can't get worse. Yeah, well, it could. Well, get worse. But, yeah. but you know, in, in movies terms, we've done another. We're, we're through our second year as a podcast. We're getting we're almost done yeah. here with 2016. Oh, right, winding down. Like you know, calendar. Year. Right, right. Um, part of which we, you know, we're getting it. We're getting it's like Oscar season is going to be on the horizon. Next thing we know. And uh, that's why in this episode, we're, we're going to talk about a movie that's getting a lot of award buzz, Manchester by the Sea. And we will delve into that later in the show. Let me explain how this is going to work tonight, everyone, or this week. We're, gonna, this, we're doing Manchester by the Sea right now. And right after this, we're going to record our podcast on Rogue One. So after you listen to this, look out for Rogue One that's coming out uh, right after. Um... Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast, your Detroit podcast for film, TV, news, and discussion. Uh, my name is Kale. I'm here every week with my friends. Mitch. And? Colin. Me, Mitch, and Colin get together every week. We watch a movie. We sit around and talk it to death. And uh, we also do some news stuff and some uh, video on demand recommendations at the end of the show, which may or may not have Christmas flair to them. <gasps> I can only speak for myself. But we're going to find out later in the show what we're watching uh, as the holiday season kicks into gear. Um, since we're doing Manchester by the Sea, I, th- I thought it would be good to talk about, in our news section here, Colin, our awards expert, okay. talk about what's new in the, in the, in the Critics' Awards and, and all that stuff going on. Yeah. Um, because, and we'll talk about it later, but Manchester by the Sea it keeps getting... I, I, I don't know if you just saw, there's another... Another one, just what, another Critics' Award section of one, Best Picture of the Year, so... Mm-hmm. Um, while we're on this subject, what's new in, in awards season, Colin? Well, we got the big two besides the Oscars that have, have been announced. They were both announced last week. Um, the Golden Globe nominations came out and the Screen Actors Guild nominations came out. Um, both are, you know, part of the Golden Globes is, you know, they were the first major, major show out of the gate. And right. a lot of times they... Um, not only predict the nominees, but sometimes we'll predict the winners, and it gives a you know good momentum to anyone um, who wins um, to go on and and win the Oscar or at least be nominated for one. Um, and the Screen Actors Guild too. I think the Screen Actors Guild actually um, has the best record for whatever movie wins ensemble for best acting ensemble has the best record for winning best picture. Which there's a few interesting. Um, Things that happened this year with that. The nomination. Yeah. yeah. But um the Golden Globes are what came on first. Um some of the nominees for that for they they split them into drama and they split them into comedy. So it's 
interesting. We on the drama side for best picture, we got Hell or High Water, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight, and Hacksaw Ridge. Lion is one of those I need to see. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing that. <clears throat> what surprises you most? Um, no Arrival surprises me the most. You think that's going to be a, a sign of things? To come? I think it will still get nominated for Best Picture, but it, it doesn't stand a chance in winning. I agree with you that. You think it'll get nominated? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Okay. I do. It's, it's very interesting... Or strange to see Arrival and not see Arrival in there, but see Hacksaw Ridge in there for me. Um, Mitch, have you seen Hacksaw Ridge? No, I'm I'm good. I think I think this time next week I'll have to see. I want to see it. I need to. I feel like I need a form because it it is still getting. Hacksaw Ridge for me is one of those movies where before it came out, it got all this buzz, and then it came out, and it's getting more buzz, like from critics and from the award stuff. But everyone I know who saw it seems to give a lukewarm opinion about the film. It's better than I th- you thought. thought it was I mean, better I th- than, yeah. I went in not really wanting to see it, but I was I liked it and enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. It's just fat. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I, I was swayed. Away. I wanted it to be good. I wanted to see it, but I've been swayed away from jumping to the theater to see it. But yeah. now, I mean, it continues to get these uh, nominations, so yeah. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm not usually jumping at the bit to see like a really brutal war movie. So. <laughs> it is violent. Yes, it is. <laughs> um. On the comedy side, uh, for Best Picture, we got 20th, 20th Century Women, Deadpool, Florence Foster Jenkins, La La Land, and Sing Street. Sing Street is the same guy who did um, Begin Again and Once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear it's good. I just... I'm trying to think of the comedies that we saw this year. I mean, it's comedy or musical, right? Yes. But obviously, yes, yes. Musical. How could you forget Ghostbusters, Kale? I mean... It... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, I don't really. What was the funniest movie? Well, Nice Guys. Nice Guys was definitely really. Funny. I I knew that shit wasn't gonna get nominated for anything, but like, if 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 Nice Guys got nominated for best screenplay, like to me that would be like that would make sense. And if I was just objectively saying what I thought was well written, mm-hmm. but uh, are you surprised a movie like we all love that? We well we all like that movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Are mm-hmm. you surprised it's not getting any love and, and especially? Especially in an awards like the Golden Globes, where they narrow it down to drama and comedy, does that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought there would be more like a flat-out comedy in there, like I, like how Trainwreck was in there last year. But the, I'm, you know, I'm trying to think back on, on something um, besides Nice Guys that was. I mean, we saw well, we saw Keanu. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of like other what. You, that was funny. I, I'd what? have to watch yeah. that again. Yeah. But. It, I mean, the problem with comedy is it's hard, and they make so many of them that, and they're all for different, you know, senses of humor. <laughs> so, like, so that's the problem. Is like I'm not gonna go see Get Hard. Like, you couldn't pay me to see you Get Hard. Um, you couldn't pay me to see, you know, I don't know. Medea's boo. Yeah, right. Oh, I wanted to see that. I did actually want to see that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, Mitch, it comes back to the age-old question of, like, what... what Comedy seems harder to define of what's good rather than drama, right? Like, drama is just, like... It's, it seems like it's a it good made, movie. Yeah. And it's well-written, it's well-acted, blah, blah, blah. You know, comedy is, like, is it how much it makes you laugh? Is it why it makes you laugh? Is it... Does it... You know, sometimes... The quality like, of the jokes, like, or... Yeah, like, and yeah. good comedy doesn't always have to really make you laugh frequently. Like, that's not necessarily what defines right. comedy. Also, in a movie like Nice Guys, where, like... 
physical comedy was such a big deal. It's mm-hmm. like, you know. So there's just so many questions, I feel like. I mean, yeah, but know? Ryan Gosling didn't get, like, propelled into a wall and obviously turn into a fake CG dummy and then, like, hit the ground, which is in, like, every movie I see now lately. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm commending. <laughs> the physical comedy in that movie was amazing. Right. right. Yeah. But, like, I my thing is a lot of people didn't really see nice guys and but a lot of people saw paul blart too (laughs) so so um yeah but neither are nominated yeah right (laughs) but one of them is of quality you know there's a quality aspect that you can recognize with like good writing and um good acting uh you know you guys saw La La Land. I know it's, it's musical or comedy, but was was that movie funnier or dramatic or drama? I think it was more dramatic, yeah. but there were some pretty good funny moments and just like light moments. Do you think it? Do you think it like? I mean, the dancing. Is there a reason? Maybe it should rather you know like I know it's musical or it's mm-hmm. it's, it's comedy or musical, but like if it if it was just comedy or drama, would it would it be better placed in the drama or comedy section? Drama. Probably drama. It's a romantic comedy, but it's it's more dramatic. It would be like, no, I don't want to say Notebook because that's like sap. Um, She's Ryan Gosling's in it. Yeah. I, I think you could say like the Notebook. Oh. <laughs> oh no, I don't think so. Well, I have to still this. Yeah, we will do a show on La La Land for sure. Um, what else we got in the Golden Globes? Uh, on the uh, dramatic actress side, we got Amy Adams, Jessica Chastain, Isabella Huppert, Ruth Nega. And Natalie Portman was Amy Adams for Arrival. Really? Yes. Yes. Do you have the, yeah. Ruth Nega was loving. Loving. Yes. Ruth Nega was loving. She was good. She was really good. Did you guys see that? No, but I hear that she she was great. really great in it. Um, you saw Jackie. I did. Um, so you probably you probably seen the most out of those. <clears throat> no, I've only seen two. Oh wait, Amy, you, you haven't seen Florence seen Foster Jenkins? Well, no, this is well, this is on the um. The dramatic, dramatic act- side. Actress. Oh, you're right. Um, I've only so seen Arrival. Stupid. Was Jackie. was Jack was Natalie Portman's Jackie? Is that like a seal and a deal for everything? Or? It it, sh- it should be okay. I mean, yeah. For what I've seen in the trailers, I like, and people like dog her accent for some reason. But like, if you go back and watch, that's how she talks. Yeah, she talks like that. Like it's <laughs> weird like, accent. It's like Mrs. Kennedy, do you, are you just making up your own accent? Like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like sort of Boston. It's like a, it's like it's, sort yeah. Of it's English. a New England, New England like posh. Uh, you know the Onassis family, very yeah. uh, you know, very posh and proper, but she's mixed so with a really ugly New England <laughs> accent. She's so good in it. Really? Like, really, it's stupid. Like, I thought she was really good in Black Swan. She's like on a whole another fucking level here. Like, hmm. that excites me. It's I, really, really I wanna, great. I, I really want to see that. Though. Yeah, the only other one I could think of that would like challenge her is I've just been seeing a lot of Amy Adams nominations. Like, people really like her in that, but I'm like, well, yeah, and I she's remember. never like won. I mean, she won. She's won Golden Globes before, but she hasn't won. Before. Now everyone right. should check out our arrival podcast. But right. I remember, you know, Kyle and I were kind of. I thought we were. We thought it was exceptional performance. But Mitch, you were kind of underwhelmed. Yeah, I just didn't. I did. Or there was nothing too. There was nothing too special about it that really made me um, be like, "Wow, this should be nominated." No. In fact, maybe it was just the character, like right. mannerisms, I didn't like. Or like maybe what she had to work with, I guess, wasn't necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now you've seen Nocturnal Animals. I have. Yes. Are you surprised? She got, you know, that instead of Nocturnal Animals? No, no. Arrival's the more um, more showy, more, I think, the harder role to play. She's very, very somber. 
and nocturnal animals. Not a lot, naturally, not a lot of dialogue for her yeah. in nocturnal animals. She's on the screen a lot, but not a lot of dialogue. But she's much better in Arrival. And not as a joke, but like her performance in Arrival, blown away or not, is more of a. I mean, the, the role is like a more cosmic performance where like her world is flipped upside yeah. down. So, like. I guess it's that's not easy to pull off necessarily. It's not really a grounded performance or anything, right? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's like yeah, it's, it's, she is literally like like things you would not. Like, yeah. the, the fun part about Arrival for me was watching the performances was, uh, you know, they're they're clearly dealing with. They tried the actors tried to show what it would be like to try to absorb the idea that there's another life, you know, like. On another planet, like it's like hard to, it's other world. Like you don't know how you would respond to that, right. and that was kind of cool. I heard. She, I thought she did a good job at like yeah. dealing with it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this rem- that reminds me of a story. Um, I do improv, and um, I heard a story of like a student who once was told like, "Well, you just have to put yourself there and pretend like." aliens have landed like this is an actual right. an actual example and he's right. like well how would i know how to act, behave in that situation it's never happened right it's not like well, that's acting, acting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes but, it, but that's not like but that's different acting than like right oh, act like you just dropped your carton of milk at the grocery store like you everyone's been through something like that like right you know but no, no one's ever been like Act like I have to communicate like with these creatures. Act like your perspective of, of uh, existence has been altered. <laughs> right? Like, everything you know is turned upside down. Anyways, she did it well enough to get Golden Globes to get attention. Right? Yes, yes. Um, but speaking of improv, Don't Think Twice. That was a... Well, oh, yeah, yeah. A good comedy. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was serious, but it was a comedy. Yeah, it would definitely I'm be considered surprised. a comedy. Yeah. yeah. I have I to watch that again. Love. Oh. Interesting. I thought, what's her... Um, I thought... Gillian Jacobs, Gillian Jacobs would yeah. get an actress at the Golden Globes for it. But. Yeah. Or a SAG a nomination or something. But, you know, comedy is hard to get nominated for, I think. I mean, besides Golden Globes, but how many times is it <laughs> The Martian is not right. a comedy, mm-hmm. I don't think. But That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that's why comedy, we go back to comedy, it's like... <laughs> defining it. Is yeah, so defining hard. it is hard. And, and defining why it's good yeah, is, is more difficult. And it's so subjective yeah. compared to, way more subjective compared to drama, I think. Um, what else we got? The globs. On the comedy globs. actress Gold. side. The uh, golden globs. <laughs> we got Annette Benning, Lily Collins... Haley Steinfeld, Emma Stone, and Meryl Streep. Nothing I saw. I don't think. Right? No, I don't think so. Unless you secretly went to uh, the Edge of Seventeen, 17 no. which I do watch. I did want to see that. Yeah, movie. it does look pretty good. Coming of age movie. Yeah. Well, Probably not as serious as Moonlight. <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> good for her. Haley yeah, that's Steinfeld. cool. That's that's. I remember when she was like really young in uh, True Grit. Mm-hmm. When was she like? 12 or something 13 crazy it was a while ago what else what else we got dramatic actor Ooh. we got Casey Affleck Joel Edgerton Andrew Garfield Viggo Mortensen and Denzel Washington I think this is a lock I which we'll get into I later so. today or later in this episode really <laughs> are you kidding <laughs> yeah <laughs> A lock. It's Casey Affleck. So he'll win the Oscar too. That's interesting. I think so too. Because of like, well, the like the momentum. buzz first of all, and I think his I will get into it, but I think his performance is like the best. Loving right. 
No, I didn't. Oh, no one here else started loving? No. Joel Egerton was amazing. And I haven't seen Fences, but like... I mean, that, the, that's where you get to like, well, he's won it a couple times. Right. So like, well, that that movie seems I mean, like... Well, and I mean, I we're talking about Oscars, <clears> but <throat> he's won it a couple times. But. I think that movie, the Fences, seems like to me like a really Oscar-y movie. Right. But and, it, I, and I think lately from kind of what we've been seeing is Oscars are kind of, well, it's not the nineties anymore, you know, um, that style of acting and that style of drama is starting to get like, you know, booted or starting to, to go away from that is like, it doesn't really affect people anymore. It's more subdued and natural performances. See, I take offenses style of acting than a Manchester by the Sea type of acting, but that's just me. <laughs> you take I mean, what? I guess I have to see. I have to see. <laughs> I, 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 I like the big stagey acting. Yeah, like, I that's, don't. I like that. Like, what do you comp- You mean like Glengarry Glen Ross? Like, what are you comparing it? Like, what? Well, like just like very loud. Like, I don't really know how to. Just, but like showy roles, like Oscar moments, like where your movie seems to be just a bunch of Oscar moments of like you can't handle the truth right. or like okay. I'm your father and blah. You know that kind of stuff. It's never. That's how you, you it used think, to be, think, and now we're getting more to like a natural, like- natural acting and like, I don't know, just. Not so over the top. I thought Manchester by the Sea had a lot of over the top. Really? <laughs> not, well, not, as fun, not as fun. Not as fun. Really? Not, over the top. None the of acting. it felt real to you. Not in the acting, right. uh, but a lot more of the um, choice of direction, I would say. But we'll get we'll into get that, there. I'm sure. Um, what else? Actor on the comedy side, we got Colin Farrell for The Lobster. Ryan Gosling for La La Land. Hugh Grant. Jonah Hill and Ryan Reynolds. I don't know. I have no idea who's going to win this. <laughs> no, see, this. This is like so. Lobster wasn't up for best comedy, right? No, which is see, that's which kind is of, crazy to me. Yeah, I forgot about. We didn't. That should be up there. Yeah, that movie's really good. It's really weird. Yeah, I like it. He should win. He won't, but he, I think, I think he will. it'll probably be Ryan Gosling because he dances. Well, he dances. Also, so. I, you guys will probably roll your eyes, but. Like Ryan Reynolds is that movie, and that's that's a that's a more contempt like not contemporary. It's more um, that you know when you think of comedy, that's the kind of performance you think of. Another comedy this year, yeah. And right, and I think he just nails every part of it. I mean, like being funny, if that's what you're basing this on. Um, and not you know not a lot of to me, it's also like you, who else are you going to put in that role that does it like Ryan Reynolds did, and probably maybe a couple other people, but. Um, whereas even for me, like, uh, Colin Farrell's part, you could see some other people playing that role. He has no shot though, right? I don't think so. Maybe. He would get my vote if I was voting. Do you think, do you think that people take into consideration that either he's CGI a lot or he's in a mask a lot and that's like taking away half of the parts of acting? (laughs) Mm. No, I think they just won't award it because it's like superhero movie. It's a yeah. it's a stupid superhero movie. Right. A lot of dick jokes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's immature. I laughed. I mean, I laughed too. But I have how many times have you guys seen it? Once, this once. Once, and I, I, I it's a little forgetful. But I've I, seen but it twice, and it's not, just as forgetful. His performance is not forgetful. Like I. I I found I think we've already talked about it, but I watched it again uh, a, few, a couple months after uh, 
it first came out. Yeah. It's just not as funny as as I remembered. Um, so I'll let you guys be the judge when you see it again, whenever you do, if you do. But not going to make my top list <laughs> of the year. <laughs> uh, on the supportings, for supporting actress, we got Naomi Harris, Nicole Kidman, Octavia Spencer, Michelle Williams, and Violet Davis. The, this is for comedy? No, that's, that's for... Uh, oh, no, oh that's yeah, that's for, right. They don't they, do that, so it's just all... Yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying to think. Naomi Harry Harris. Mich- did you say Michelle Williams? I did. Yeah, she was very good. Um, I'm thinking Violet Davis. Maybe. For Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> she was the best part about that movie. <laughs> was she? Yes. I don't think so. I think so. <laughs> I don't think there was really anything I, great I, about I, this I'm not movie. Make any extreme claim about what the I best know, part no, no, not her. Maybe not her character, but like the fact that she was her, in it. Yeah. In it. <laughs> wow, she's in it. That's pretty good. All right. Uh, on the supporting actor side, we got Mahershala Ali, Jeff Bridges, Simon Helberg. Dave Patel and Aaron Taylor Johnson. Did you say Dave Patel? <laughs> Dev Dev, Patel. Dev. Dave Patel? An Indian Dave Patel? <laughs> um, it's going to be a hard one, right? As the season goes on. Or no? I think it's it's a toss-up between two people. Mahershala Ali and, Mahershala. and Jeff Bridges. Yeah, those are my those just, are my two favorite supporters. Right, I just don't see Jeff Bridges winning. It seems like it's Marshall's to lose at this point. I mean, that's kind of like the one of the main takeaways from that movie is his performance. So, <laughs> I hope he gets it. Yeah, yeah me, me too. too. Uh, for director, we got Damien Chazelle, Tom Ford, Mel Gibson, Barry Jenkins, and Kenneth Loggerman. I think it's uh, like three-way tie right now between um, Barry Jenkins, Kenneth Lonergan, and uh, Damien Chazelle. Chazelle. Yeah. Do you th- do you see a similar res- like a resolve <coughs> nominations for the Oscars? Um, do you think it'll be different? I don't think Mel Gibson will be in there, and I don't think Tom Ford will be in there. Yeah, Tom Ford surprised me. Yeah. Not, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but that's I don't know why that surprised. Does that surprise you? Oh, it definitely surprised. Like me. that's yeah. that's a huge deal for him to. Yeah. Especially yeah. for a film that really hasn't, yeah, nope, yeah, garnered the momentum. I think I mean, that it could Hol- be a movie, but Hollywood Foreign Press Association, I think, has a thing with him. They really like he's so he's just dressed so nice. <laughs> hey, it's like, like Meryl Streep, you know, they love her. No, I mean, so. it's like it's like if if uh, you know half half of what you do in life is how good you look, then <laughs> Tom guess, Ford. Yeah. But here's here's what was interesting to me. I mean, they could have done that because they nominated him for screenplay. And so the nominees for screenplay are Damien Chazelle. These are the writers. Damien Chazelle, Tom Ford, Barry Jenkins, Kenneth Lagerman, and Taylor Sheridan. That's right. There are a lot, so of, it's this, a it's lot of writer, writer, writer director films this year. I never yeah. didn't put that together. Interesting. That's kind Very of, that's exciting. It that, is. That's nice. You know. I like that. Auteurs. Is that it? The, I mean, those are the main those ones. The main for ones. The, you know, there's also an animated and scores yeah, and yeah, songs. Yeah. And what do we there's got? One, there's a weird one in animated, isn't it? Like my life as a zucchini mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
but it's yeah, it's being made Kubo, happy. Moana, Zootopia, Sing, Sing and Zucchini. Zucchini. No, Finding Sing Dory. really? Did that come out yet? Sing is getting good reviews. I I've no heard. Finding Dory. Like like as far as entertainment value, like it's been people are saying it's it's good. I just I'm hearing that movie has been coming out for a I year know. Now. It's like it's like Secret Life of Pads. Yeah, this like very long right marketing campaign. Weird. What about the SAG Award? We have more on the Golden Globes. Um, no, that was the Golden Globes. I'm, I'm um, excited to. I want to know the nominations for the the ensemble because I want to. Oh yeah, yeah here, very, here very, we go. I'm with like the, with the SAGs, um, the SAGs. <laughs> so for actor, I mean it's the same people. The just same, yeah. now it's kind of just a mix of the two categories. It's Casey Affleck, Andrew Garfield, Viggo Mortensen, Denzel Washington. And Ryan Reynolds. I mean, and <laughs> <laughs> okay, good one, Cowan. Oh man, Ryan Gosling. So Ryan Gosling took um, uh, who's uh, Joel Edgerton's um, spot mm. and filled in for actor. It's the dancing. I'm telling you. They, On the actress they side, love we dancing. got Amy Adams, Emily Blunt, Natalie Portman, Emma Stone, and Meryl Streep. Yeah, Emily Blunt just blows my mind. I didn't see that movie, but like I didn't hear anything about that movie other than it's a movie. What, so, know, what movie was it? Girl on the Train. Oh yeah, she got really yeah, yeah. nomination for that. Wow, <laughs> I know. Huh? Girl on the Hype Train. I heard a Mary Poppins. I heard, yeah, right. I heard a, a comedian say like this really this movie really should just been this girl who doesn't mind her own business. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, For supporting actor, we got Mahershala Ali, Jeff Bridges, Hugh Grant, Lucas Hedges uh, from Manchester by the Sea, and Dev Patel. And then on the supporting actress side, we got Viola Davis, Nicole Kidman, Naomi Harris, Octavia Spencer, and Michelle Williams. Lucas Hedges, huh? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, you guys are in the minority, like completely. I'm very well, <laughs> by me. The fifty, yeah. nom- the fifty wins that that film has gotten so far, and any kind of uh, this film that we'll talk about, uh, well, I'm definitely in the minority. But more on that later. Acting ensemble, um, we got Captain Fantastic, uh, Fences, Hidden Figures. Manchester by the Sea and Moonlight. Hmm. So, what is Hidden Figures coming out? Like, I yeah, want to see that, and it looks like a good cast, and everything should be like they should all be amazing. Is that, is that coming out this year? I think it was. I think it's supposed to be Christmas. It's probably it's a Christmas right. movie. You know, it seems like a yeah. It's a, is it Disney? I think so. It seems like a Disney movie to me. I think so, but you know, we don't have La La Land in there. Right. Uh, we don't have Lion in there. Um, don't have Hacksaw Ridge in you know, there. That's really interesting don't about Tyler High Water in there. A lot of the ones that were nominated for Golden Globes aren't yeah. nominated. Hmm. Um, and we got Captain Fantastic, Fences, Hidden Finger, <laughs> Hidden Figures, uh, all in there that weren't nominated for. Um, See, but La-, La Land, I can understand it. It's really only like two people in the throughout the whole movie. Right, but, you, but when you go back to like. You know, this is the one that on so- it's all the predicts, actors, yeah, to predicts the right. Oscars, right? Kind of like the winners. Yes, are. yes. But so, but it, it gets a little iffy there when you have right. a movie like La La Land that's like two people. Right, that's but, true. Um, 
Interesting. Very interesting. Where do you see? Where, I mean, wait, have you seen everything besides us? Besides hidden figures. figures and fences and Captain Fantastic. Oh. <laughs> so, so, majority no. of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen everything no. except so most of them. them. <laughs> except does most that, of does them. Does it say something about, like, there's maybe, like, less less of these high-profile films or, or not ensemble films? You know what I mean? Like, or is it more a personal story? Like, I mean, like, Arrival, it's the same thing, really. It's, like, two people. It's, like, two people. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Forrest Loving, Whitaker Loving and you got like Stuhlbarg. Yeah. For yeah, Rival? But, you know, I guess, yeah. A rival could, but again. Oh, it's just, People it's, don't take science fiction seriously. Right. Um, it's interesting. I mean, there's um, a lot of really good <laughs> acting ensembles that aren't mentioned really here. I mean, like 20th Century Women has a great ensemble. Hail Caesar had a great ensemble. Oh, yeah, it did. Ghostbusters? I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going to keep throwing jabs at how dumb that movie is. <laughs> but um, and then while we're talking about credits, you know, not to just to land one more on here. I mean, the ton of other cities, you know, have come out with their, you know, the New York film critics, the Detroit. I mean, the L.A. film critics, um, Chicago film critics, Detroit film critics. I think came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. <gasps> um, do you have the scoop? I do. I have. What's all who? the winners? So Best, who's in the Detroit Film Critics Association? Not us, which is very weird. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> How do we get in it? And um, you know, I've tried to contact them and they don't respond to me. But then again, like I go on their <laughs> webpage and their most recent review is for <clears throat> Batman vs Superman. So what oh. does that mean? <laughs> Wait. All right. <laughs> what did they, they, uh, okay. the Detroit film critics say? Detroit film critics, uh, best film is La La Land. Uh, best director is Damien Chazelle. Best actor is Casey Affleck. Best actress is Emma Stone. Supporting actor is Jeff Bridges. Supporting actress, Viola Davis. Acting ensemble, 20th Century Women. Screenplay, La La Land. And documentary, OJ Made in America. The eight hour long film. Yeah. I don't like that that's nominated. That's so, I do not like how that's <clears throat> in here. <laughs> so good. Thirteenth hasn't been nominated for anything, has it yet? No. What uh what what there caught your eye from the Detroit film critics? Uh, I mean as far as like surprises go, um the biggest surprise for me would be La La Land winning screenplay. Yeah, I think there there have been better scripts, uh, but uh, but the, I mean I think Arrival is like a freaking genius script, yeah. and I think it, I don't know, like I, I think I what are what are your favorite scripts of the year? I mean mine is like probably Arrival, Moonlight, um, Hell or High Water, Hell or High Water yeah, for Heller sure, water. and then honestly, seriously, Nice Guys. I mean I think that's a it's a brilliant script, um, but I have not seen La La Land. Well, the screenplay is not the best part about that movie. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Which isn't probably a. It's still good. It's not terrible. It still has a clever. It's uh, cleverly structured. Like, and like you know, similar, I mean, we'll get to Rogue One, but like that's not a movie you go see because of the screenplay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think, like action movies, certainly, and, and stuff like that. <laughs> um, I. It's just. I mean, my least favorite part about La La Land, and I mean, I don't want to, you know, say this when you're when you're here and you haven't seen it, is the 
obviousness and stock characters and triteness of the story. I mean, right, right. It's not what it's about. It's how it goes about it. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the screenplay. The yes, it is. No, no. How it goes about telling the same story we see in every movie we've I, ever I, seen. Yeah, I, I put that more on the, the director. director right? I mean, yeah. That's the direction. Uh, I mean, it, it helps with the script, too. I mean. Helps to have a script that does that. Mm. I mean, a director is kind of nothing without a script. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yes. You can't but, turn a masterpiece... Or you can't turn a piece of shit script into a masterpiece. It's way no, harder. No. It, but one, there is not that much dialogue in La La Land. No, you're right. And every character in it is a stock character that I've seen a hundred times before. And the only things, the things that I liked about La La Land is strictly visuals and what they do with the camera and what, especially what they do with the lighting. And... And the score. I mean, is this a La La Land podcast? <laughs> no, I don't want to get. I don't want to get into it. But like, I don't want to. I don't want right, to give too much away for it's, yeah for right. Kale. We'll it's, look out there for yeah. I mean, I'm interested to have this. This is a. This should, we'll make this a, a center point of our La La Land discussion. Yes. You know, like what is the role of the screenplay play in a movie like La La Land? That's, I think that's a good. We're gonna keep that in the back of our minds because. And do we classify the songs as a screenplay writing or as its own separate thing? Right. Because I don't know if people are judging the screenplay because they have a couple of cleverly written songs in the movie. Right. Which should be judged as songs and not as well, spoken I guess words. Well, I guess that would come down to, did the screenwriter write the no. lyrics? I don't think Damien Chazelle did, right? I don't think so, no. So. I think, actually, um, the... Writers, this the lyricists, is that, that mm-hmm. um, actually went to University of Michigan theater school. Oh, cool! Yeah, I, I read that. Yeah, yeah. there's a couple of people involved in that film. Yeah, he did the level. the score for it. To the the writer uh, of the songs did the the whole. Justin score. Hurwitz. I yeah. I don't. Are you sure? Okay. Yes. yes. Sure. Um. All right. <laughs> let's get into. Um. We, we will do a La La Land thing. But. We're not here to talk about La La Land today. We're here to talk about uh, Manchester by the Sea, uh, which has been racking up a lot of nominations and a lot of award wins. Um, you know, you go to IMDb right now, it says 51 wins so far and 135 nominations. Pretty good. Uh, this is a this is an Amazon movie, which is pretty cool. I'm, I'm all about that, I think. Netflix and Amazon, and, you know, HBO should be more involved with this sort of theater you know, exposition of, of movies, but uh, it's 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 good for. I think it's good when a movie that's produced from someone like Amazon gets this kind of critical attraction um, for you know being talked about best actor, best movie, best script, best direction. Um, Kenneth Lonergan, is that how you pronounce this? Lonergan. Lonergan. Kenneth Lonergan wrote and directed this film. Uh, writer of films like Analyze This, Analyze That, uh, Gangs of New York movie called Margaret that I've not seen. Um, yeah, I haven't seen his other films. Either. As a decide, I love Analyze This, the first one. It's a, it's a fun movie. Analyze That, I think, was the only movie I fell asleep in. Yeah. Um, in theater. Uh, Casey Affleck, uh, of course, is the star of this film, getting a lot of traction for Best Actor. Um, and Michelle Williams is also getting some acting nods so far. Um, it's the movie about an uncle who's uh, forced to take care of his nephew. 
because of his brother's death. Let's go around and do some initial thoughts about this film. Uh, Kyle, let's start with you. We'll circle back around. Okay. What, were your, what were your first thoughts on Manchester by the Sea? Initial thoughts, I am extremely impressed by all the performances. I think everyone in the cast does a great job um, with these characters, um, especially Casey Affleck. Um, really just a totally lived-in character that... Um, you feel for throughout this movie. Um, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about the performances. The movie as a whole, to me, um, I don't know if it's all the critical hype it got before I saw it, you know, really amped me up to think I was going to see a really, um, really, you know, like poignant movie that is important. Um, but I was not as thrilled with the movie, I guess I would say. Um, I don't know. It, it'll, to me, it felt very tonally off at some points. Um, I couldn't really tell what it was going for as far as mood. Um, there were a lot of comedy that, you know, I think fell flat. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I just... It's a super depressing movie, and I probably will never watch it again. <laughs> but um, all the performances are really great in it. Yeah, um, Mitch, what were, you, what were your thoughts? I think you should go because <laughs> you guys have similar views. No, I, well, I thought we would. Well, I, I, if you want me to, okay. Uh, yeah, go. I thought we would kind of boomerang, but um, I mean, my, look, my thoughts of this movie, and I think I'm with Colin, is that if this wasn't you know up for every award ever, I would have not as a, uh, an aggressive as of an opinion as I'm probably going to have on this episode. And I do want to stress that I'm going to try to not be too, uh, too negative about it. And, uh, you know, look, I've, I, this, I think maybe four or five movies we've re- recorded. I've been like really negative about this might be one of them. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm lost in something in this movie. I think the performances are, I think Casey Affleck's good. You not know? I not mean, Michelle I, Williams. Well, I, we can get to it later. She has one big scene, and mm-hmm. Casey Affleck's talking yeah. over most of it. So yeah. I, 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 that's my thing. Um, I, I think that it's a depressing movie. I'm not sure what the what it's trying to say at the end. I'm not sure what Casey Affleck goes through, and yeah. and I don't know where he starts at the end, at the beginning, and gets to the end. And also, look, my 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 opinion of this movie is mostly hinged on the fact that it, it's two hours and seventeen minutes long. Um, and I, I wasn't, it wasn't engaging for me. Like I didn't, and I don't want to use the word bored, but I, I, things were just happening and I was watching them happen and I, I didn't feel like there was a, I didn't feel like there was a direction, I guess. And that's the only thing. I mean, it's clearly well-performed and shot, um, you know, I liked the. I think Colin, you you didn't like the music. I, I did like. I thought the music worked effectively, but um, so I was a little just. Dis- I was underwhelmed. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mitch. Well, I think to to your point that um, you didn't know the direction it was going. I think that's what I liked the most out of it um, because it was a very and I hate the term, but slice of life kind of movie. Like mm-hmm. I feel like this this film is as close to life as you can get in a movie. Um, like the humor in life in times of tragedy, the great moments of emotion, 
that also accompany that. And, um, like, like you said, these performances are lived in, like they're so subtle and natural. Um, Casey Affleck was Lee Chandler and I mean, I think he's going to win the Academy Award and it's really the best performance I've ever seen him give. Um, and I, it's really the best performance I've ever seen anybody give in a long time. I think it was that good. Um, and I know it's hard to throw this term out there, but I think this film is pretty close to a masterpiece in script, in performance, in direction, in editing choices, um, shot choices. Um, when there's a when there's a shot of somebody looking at three photo frames uh, for 10, 15 seconds in silence, but you don't see the photo frames, but you know everything that is going through that kid's head while he looks at the photo frames. Like, I think that says a lot about, you know, about script and direction. I think Kenneth Onergan really knew what he wanted to do with this film and he accomplished it perfectly. I only have like one negative is Matthew Broderick just kind of shows up out of nowhere and it's distracting, but, but the characters are still real. They still felt real. Yeah. And I, I, let me preface too, by saying that I could see someone and I've, I've had people tell me this, having watching this movie and relating to something that happened to their life and that it, it pulls on an emotional heartstring. Um, and I can understand that. Um, I just we talk about like script and perfection. I mean, I think that that I think Matthew Broderick's character is an example of. I think a lot of things in this movie just pop out of nowhere. I kind of don't know why most of the things happen that happen in this movie. That goes from getting shots of band practice and drummer kid to uh, the boat doesn't work and there's a problem. They need money to get the boat work, and then out of nowhere, it's like, why don't we sell these guns? I think there's just so many things that just happen and could have been explained or could have been felt more or like more organic or more like like See, I, I just felt like I felt those were super organic moments like it's weird he comes it's not because like the for let's let's I mean for me like the, the the moment where I was just like what was was this whole the engine's dead we need money that's a big plot of the movie right and then all of a sudden it's just resolved because he he walks by a gun case did I miss something like was that you know, like if that had been a thing in the, in the earlier in the movie, like, oh, my brother loved these guns. We can't sell these guns. And then there's this whole thing where like, oh, you know what I mean? Like just story progression. Like I didn't feel like anything developed other than he just walked by some guns and was like, these are worth something. We can make, you know, fix the boat. See, I thought that I as know. like to start the film off, he's been thrown into his hometown uh, that does not think well of him for reasons we'll get into when we talk about spoilers. Um, so he's been given the task out of nowhere to re to like help his nephew out. And that boat is, was a, a source of income for them. So now he's got to help with that. He's got to help with all these things that are not part of his life. And by the end, when he like finds the, he's like, no, the boat, we're selling the boat, fuck the boat. He's only thinking about himself in that moment. Fuck the boat. I'm not helping you do this. We have to get you out of here so you can come to Boston with me or whatever. And then throughout the film, he starts to 
you know, do, do things that are contrary to that belief. He starts to change a little in his, uh, treatment toward Patrick, which is, uh, Lucas Hedges, Lucas Hedges, right. Lucas Hedges character. And he starts to, you know, help him and start to understand like where his, where he's coming from. Um, yeah, I mean, but that, that goes back to the thing is like, it feels like real life. Nothing has to be like over explained. It just, things just happen. No, I understand. But I also like, and Colin, sorry if I'm, I'm not trying to eat the floor here. No, you're saying everything I want to I, say. I just, I also like, this is spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I'm just saying like, but there's no spoiler. Like that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's not, I mean, he, he, he. To me, like it's like oh, like I mean, and this might be an obvious. Well, the spoilers in the middle of the film, like the motivation of our character, right? Which is not. I mean, it depends what your definition of perfect, perfect screenwriting is. But like, I thought the whole part, you know, I mean, that whole part reminded me literally, but also structurally, like Suicide Squad, where Fire Guy Diablo in Suicide Squad has this really tragic backstory. And then you don't really hear about it till later in the film, and it's a, it's ironically a really similar story, um, where he, he he burns his house down and his his children get killed. Um, but you know, it, it just like it was so flashbacky that moment, that spoiler, that it like, and it was so it's so much exposition and so much, and and you, and you talk, I mean, the whole like lived in real life thing is true, but it also. It also got to a point for me where it seemed so melodramatic. Like, and and I made this status about there's a scene where he's after the, his house burns down where he goes and he gets talked to by the cops, and and he yeah, he leaves the cops and he pulls a cop's gun and he threatens, threatens to shoot himself. I posted that status on Facebook. He tries to shoot himself. He, to he, shoot do, himself. he doesn't threaten he, to. He tries to shoot himself. Yeah. And you said, and my friend who also loved the film, Tim, if you're listening, said you're nitpicking, and I am, but I'm not because. It was so much on top of 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 so much, and then he wants to kill himself in one. Like it was like, oh, I burned my. I'm already kind of drunken, okay, fatherish, and I burned the house down, and there was pot there, and there was coke there, and like, just like such badness all around. And oh, I also just did to go free. No one's gonna prosecute me for anything. And then oh, I'm also gonna kill myself in this scene. It just seemed like so much was thrown at me. I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty natural reaction to feeling like you killed your three children because of your drunkenness. I I, I don't, I don't disagree. It just, it seemed like for a two hour and 16, 17 minute movie, all was in that one scene. And like, I don't know, personally. I mean, it was intercut with the, it was intercut with the moments of him being told he has to take care of his, his nephew and basically live in the town that he did this in like oh i have spent my the, the past however many years 10 plus years running away from this town because right. everybody thinks i purposefully burned down my house to kill my my wife and kids because in a drunken rage that is like the rumor we don't we're not told that but that's the rumor we pretty much are inferred upon by like oh that's the lee chandler and even kids are like you know that shit's bullshit right like like all that those stories you've heard are bullshit and now he has to come back to this town and so like he's you know i've i liked the way the flashbacks were done they were super organic it wasn't like you know like harp music going backwards like harp glissando and stuff uh or like 
you know, thinking of the, you know, thinking of a, an object and then like flashing back to why he's thinking of that object. They just happen so organically like memories do. And the be remembering why you left the town at the same moment you're being told you have to stay in this town. Like, you know, you're, his world's kind of coming crashing down like, holy shit, like how the fuck am I supposed to deal with this? Um, and I, it was half a little it was the halfway point in the movie or a little before the halfway point in the movie. So I thought it was an appropriate time because then we learn that. And then the rest of the film is like, how is he going to get over this or learn through it or get, th- get through it and not over it. But yeah. Uh, that middle scene is when I really started to not like this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that was the point for me too. I was like, uh, and it wasn't that, And I mean, I, I get what you're saying, Kalen. I think that's a, that's a good point, but to me, and, and maybe this has to go with tits tags along to that. And maybe I didn't uh, notice in that scene as much. You did. You did because I was so fucking distracted by the music in that scene. <laughs> I there is some really great acting going on by Casey Affleck when he's sitting in that interrogation room. That'll probably be the Oscar and clip. Yes, it will. Yeah. It's really great. But the music that is playing is so loud where I couldn't hear him half the time. Mm. It's so distracting. It takes me out of the scene. And the music isn't even like appropriate. Like is that like I can't really is remember. Is that music it. of like that area? Like I can't really remember. It's like, it was just like, like co- strings it's going. Very orchestral. Yeah, I remember. I know it's very cor- orchestral and like there's choirs and stuff, but um, I didn't remember it in that scene. Just, I must have just been too into the performance. For to a notice. movie that is like so simple and so like about, as you say, like slice of life, the score is so over the top. I I I I hate it. I guess I can see. What you're, <laughs> I can agree with what that. You mean we're like. The rest of the movie is not sensational, but that part, like that yeah. aspect of the, of the film, is. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe that. Maybe I. Maybe I subconsciously like that's what made it melodramatic it, for me. As, maybe. It's Honestly, possible. As yeah. soon as I heard that score, I started going right out of that scene and being like, "What am I watching? What? There is so it, much going on here. What? What is worth throwing this all in here? What is it? Just everything about that scene and how it was, the tone of it." how it was directed and all thrown together and then put the music on top of it is when it's really started to check out of this movie. And that is only the fucking halfway point. And then everything afterwards, I'm like, I don't fucking care anymore because at the end of this movie, this character doesn't even fucking change. He can't even fucking grow up and take care of his, it was so fucking frustrating. <laughs> no, I disagree. See, see character. I disagree that I, cause I think he does change. But, see, but he, but he doesn't. doesn't because he goes back to Boston and he gets, he doesn't take, he doesn't go back to Boston. He moves to a town closer. He moves to about a town halfway between Boston and, well, and Manchester. He doesn't stay in Manchester and he right. ends up giving his, the kid away. He because just, quote, I can't beat it. Yeah, I, I know. That, Which I he, think is a very fucking cheap line. But that, but he also. But, but, just, but, but mm. could he beat it earlier in the like? He doesn't. He doesn't. That's the thing. Like and he, do we have any evidence that he's even trying to beat it? I think so. Well, he but, decides to help his nephew fix the boat. He tries to guide him in his like ridiculous like forays with women. When he's like, "Can so and so come over?" And he's like, "No." Whereas before he said why the fuck are you asking me? He finally starts to take ownership of like 
guiding his nephew and good decisions. And when he's asked for that girl to come over, that was, you know, I hated that girl. She was a bitch. Um, he says no. And he's like, why not? He's like, because I don't like her. Like, I don't think you should be hanging out with her. So you either got to go there or I don't want her around the house. I guess I didn't see can, can so-and-so come over and then him being like, no, I, I didn't see that as like a... I didn't read that into an epiphany moment. We're like, oh, he gets it now, how to be a father. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's a gradual change. It's throughout. Like, he he changes more. He starts to compromise more with him instead of just being, like, to start off, he's so, like, no, this is headstrong. This is how it's going because I got to get back to Boston. Whereas, you know. No, when he first got there, he was like, yeah, have these fucking chicks sleep over. Who cares? Yeah, because he doesn't care about the nephew. Yeah. He want, He's more focused on himself. And then later on, he starts to care more. See, I even took that as he didn't like that girl, so he doesn't even want her. It has nothing to do with the son. Like I, I, That's how I read it, because the character is so narcissistic. Mm, I didn't. It's not how I read it. So. And when he said, I can't beat it, I took that as depression. Like he can't no, beat depression. I, he can't beat the fact that he killed his kids on accident he can't beat that fact but and that's depression it's more oh, than depression oh, but, I mean, okay, it's not, way more well, than but depression. when people use the phrase you can't like the phrase like i can't beat depression is like that's a common phrase for people with depression so that's what i took it as right but with, without like without like judging what you would do in that situation or what one should do in that situation i just from a from a cinematic standpoint he couldn't beat it in the beginning of the film. And he couldn't beat it at the end of the film. And th- I'm not saying, I'm not going to say that every film needs to have resolution. Every film, every character has to have change. Um, I personally prefer watching stuff like that. It's more interesting to me. But I I just didn't see why any of the other... I, I didn't see why a lot of the other stuff was necessary to tell a story about like, something that's just... When I watch this movie, when I talk about like what is it, what is it trying to say, or what does it mean? What I think it's trying to say is, wouldn't it? Because I don't think it's based on a book or a true story or anything. I mean, it could, I don't know, it could be. But to me, it's someone saying, wouldn't it be really sad if all this shit happened to one person? And it, it would. I mean, it is. It's sad. But like, I don't personally. I didn't see. You know, can you? Can you? I don't know. There's a million ways you could have gone with that story, which is like, can you? reclaim the love of children through your nephew and your love of your brother or can you you know how can you get over something like that yeah. is it i don't know i think i i don't i mean there's always a message and i haven't really pinpoint pinpointed it yet um but i would say that the film is about how people deal with loss in a different like how both I mean, these men that. deal with loss i mean the the son is very like closed off from it um you know, he says he wants to see the body, and then he sees it a second and says, "Nope," and turns right around. Uh, or, you know, he starts having a panic attack. I did love that. I love. Yeah, that the panic attack that. was really impressed, like a good scene. And, you know, he also gets over it through distractions with girlfriends, and it. You know, I got yeah. Yeah, I, I love. I actually liked the. The panic attack scene, as much as that was like my favorite idea of the film, where it's just like oh, he looks into a freezer and he's like starts mm-hmm. crying about the idea that his dad's locked up in a freezer somewhere. Um, I was it was weird. The moment I thought he was I thought he was fake crying so that he could be like, "Can I have friends over?" <laughs> so I wasn't really into it, but I did love that moment. 
But also, I think that character is really interesting because I love, I do love it. How do you deal with the grief of losing your father? Like a lot of people would do it the way that child did. I mean, that's, and that was a really interesting storyline. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I get that. And it, you're right. It might not be, you're not, you don't go into a movie like that to see how does someone get over it. It's right. just how they deal with it. And that's maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm missing the interest in that. And I, I'm not trying to take it away from anyone because I, I again I'm in the minority. I mean, you said that earlier. I am. Um, I just wasn't intrigued. Yeah, I mean it's, and I, I can get a similarity, and I I I can get what people would come from from both sides here. I I can get why someone might see this movie and not respond well to it. I can get why someone can see it and respond well to it. I can also get why someone can see something like Moonlight and not respond to it because you know it doesn't. It's not them. It's not what you know. It's not what they see and what what they're living. And I can also see why people see Moonlight and think it's great. These are two maybe the two best reviewed movies of the year, and they're two. Um, they're very black and white, both of them. Yeah, um, <laughs> which say you know, um, is is very interesting. Um, I mean, just to me as a, a viewer who has who is white but is also gay, who has so has some minority, can watch something like Moonlight, which is coming of age, how people handle certain situations, and respond well to that, just because I connect more with that character, and then see something like Manchester by the Sea, where. I just felt like I didn't connect with any of the characters. Maybe it's because I just haven't, you know, experienced, you know, grief on that on that level yet. I mean, I have had people close to me die, um, but I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> it's very hard to. It's hard uh, to relate to somebody It's very hard to like right. put yourself in that position. I, mean, I, right. I, I remember what Mel Gibson said about Hacksaw Ridge about how like they took things out of the movie that were real because people wouldn't believe that all that bad shit happened. Right. And I, I, there's a, I think there is an aspect for me in this movie that, I mean, this guy loses his brother and his parents and his kids and his wife and his house and everyone is in his, in his. Uh, hometown well, hates him. everyone dies the boat doesn't work and like, i mean just everything is going it's just like so much where i kind of like and he's really well i mean he's adopting well he's also adopting someone else's problems right. at the same time of having to deal with his own problems i mean he feels like he wants to die he i mean really he wants to die he has even put himself up in an apartment that's underground like uh he's subtle yeah well he and he's also not um you know he's he's like he's just dead inside like he picks two fights which were really well done i thought like bar perfect example of like what a bar fight actually looks like it's real quick and violent and then you know just a lot of tackling and falling to the ground um he you know he feels like everyone is knows what he's done and he doesn't want to react to anybody and all he wants to do is drown his sour his sorrows um in alcohol so i i could relate to his character to an extent like feeling depressed but obviously i can never relate in that but i could also i could still feel and understand his fully realized like um characterization of that character the whole time i'm just like have you seen a therapist <laughs> yeah not in boston 
I do. I did kind of also. I mean, you know, you're talking about <laughs> other things they could have focused on than than like the band kids and the girlfriends and all that stuff. Which again, I wasn't sure. I like. I totally. I was like, am I am I laughing at the fact that you know? I mean, just all of those. Like, am I am I supposed to be laughing at the fact that he can't have a conversation with this with his nephew's girlfriend's uh, mother? Like, I I don't know if that was supposed to be a funny scene or I don't know. Like, I yeah. At but, least but, he at least he made an attempt. But also, <laughs> but also. Um, I thought this movie was actually pretty funny too. A lot of the moments and like a lot of lines and uh, a lot of physical moments that are just like, geez, like um, the stuff with like trying, like the um, Patrick trying to get laid with the one girl and just always being interrupted and like jumping up and, you know, getting on the computer real quick is like, oh, it's just, you know, working. And, but the parents obviously know what's going on. So. But that's like I liked that stuff, but that's not what the movie's about. Like I, I liked all that stuff. I loved. I mean, I, in any other movie, like if it's a coming of age movie about what it's like to grow up with and you lose your father, like I mean, it, but it's it's not. I don't think like, it's a, yeah, it's not a coming of age movie. No, I, I don't think it's, it's like a movie about dealing. Scene, yeah, like, the moments after a loss. Like how do you still how you live? I guess I would have rather like learned more about Lee. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have rather taken those scenes out and put more about him. I mean, he's an interesting character in the sense that, like, he's a plumber, mm-hmm. but he's obviously smart. He obviously, I don't know, what did he do before that? I, I don't know if that was just working the boat? Because he seems to be very well-versed in legality, which is either yeah. something that I, that, I, that, that I couldn't suspend my disbelief for, or there's more to his character than I don't know about. But he, like, really is well-versed in, like, it seems, or he has a good grasp of like when someone tells him what happens after the death, and with the trust and with taking over people's uh, right. guardianship, he seems to like get onto it really quickly. Well, his, like for a plumber right. or someone who works on a boat, it didn't seem like something that he would. Well, I mean, his dad died, right, and his mom died, so you got to have some sort of yeah, you got to have some sort of knowledge. I guess of that. and he's been through yeah. right the, the funerals of his right kids, yeah, his and, kids yeah. and stuff. So he's dealt with I a lot. I, my favorite line in it was the um, after he punches the window and cuts his hand open when <laughs> Patrick they're sitting down at the table and he's like he's like so what happened to your hand and he's like I cut it and he's like oh thank God you told me I I wouldn't have known what happened to your yeah, hand. <laughs> Colin, what do you like about it besides um, performances? I uh, the other uh, the thing I, I think it handled you know and I wish this was something that just would have done with more nuance but i liked how they you know talked about you know the minutiae of like things to do after someone dies yeah like, uh, uh, like yeah. okay he's at the morgue we got to get the contact the funeral home the funeral home would take care of this you pick out the casket yeah the the minutia of things you know the mundanity yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i, I yeah. like that but you know it's very hard to you know Keep that mundane things for two and a half hours. Right. And I did. I did love that. I mean, I, and that stuff I related to. Yeah, sure. Because we're we've all experienced death. Yes. And I, the, the number one that I related to was, and I loved, and I never really seen this done. I don't think I, not like this, but where you know he's got him, his one girlfriend, the, the kid, him, his one girlfriend, and two friends over right after his dad dies. Mm-hmm. And there's this great scene where like they're talking about the sadness, they're talking about all the sad stuff, and then they start. It turns into a debate about Star Trek. Yeah. You know, and the girlfriend. And goes, then the one girl ruins it. Yeah, and she, <laughs> she 
does because if I mean personally, I found for most people, and I definitely feel this way. When I'm going through something like that, I just want I want to talk about something else. Like right. my friends come over, let's just shoot the shit about sports or something. Right. Like I don't. I need my mind taken somewhere else. Right. So yeah, I like that scene like, a lot. Like, what the hell, man? Yeah, but that yeah. was like, that was my favorite scene. Right. Probably. I like that scene. Good. <laughs> Good stuff. It's, I'll tell you what else felt really out of place for me with that vision of him and his daughters and like daddy i'm burning i'm like what what type of movie is this well that's what yeah see that's the other thing is like you've got a weird voiceover by matthew Broderick that comes out of nowhere you have this vision that like it doesn't see, like stylistically it seems like it's kind of all over the, like there's just i don't know it, it seemed like basically the voice the voiceover from matthew Broderick was like where did this come from well he was reading an email i know so. but like yeah i get it but how else are you gonna I think it would have been cheaper if it was a phone call because I think like the fact that it was an email made it even more like shitty that is his mom doesn't want to see him anymore. I don't You know, there are a lot of things going on with her character that yeah, um, I, I, were kind of yeah. left up for like interpretation, like obviously a drunk and obviously a or former drunk and now, ref, you know, devout reformed christian so um there's gotta I found, be some other way you can do it. i mean it just seemed it just took it was just it was like you don't hear a voiceover from the main characters at all the whole film and then all of a sudden you got a voiceover from a character that you i forget like matthew Bradrick was in that film that was another moment where like i, he, I knew he was in it because of the opening credits but then you know it's like the last tenth of the movie almost and he shows up the, and I like, kind of giggled. Like, it was actually the biggest laugh in the theater. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, really, yeah. that's that's why that was my main negative is because it's distracting. Yeah, it, 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 It's like, wow, it's like Matthew Broderick and then that's all you can think because it's like, he, I mean, he's supposed to, he's kind of an important character yeah. but, but also all I could think of is Matthew Broderick. Like, why pick him? Right. Why not pick a, just a character actor or somebody you recognize like from TV that's not as big as like wow, it's Brad Pitt, you know? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, so it was, it was weird. It was weird. A weird choice. I don't know why they did that. Maybe invested or something. Yeah, maybe they know him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a movie that, and I'm just thinking about this now, it's a, a movie that we liked the subtle touches of a not showing what's in the picture's frame to get what's in the picture frames, and I and I, I noticed that. I, yeah, and, I did and like the care too. he takes in like packing them mm-hmm. when he's like wrapping them in the towel and stuff. I mean, but then that just says you know, a lot. Throws that subtlety out the window and has the direct voiceover. It's just an interesting stylistic choice. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I'm I'm thinking, why not? You know, try to use that same um, subtlety that in 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 one scene as the other, like. I'm yeah. not sure how I don't know. to do it, but it's it's just a, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. It was but. just it was so short it didn't bother me. I mean, I mean he doesn't even finish the whole. The email was much longer. Well, I know. Yeah, so yeah. That's why you could just show it. <laughs> yeah. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna read a little bit of it, if it just says yeah. your mom doesn't want you to see you, There's, and then you close the computer. Close there are a lot of very uh, like reactionary people. I mean, I mean, like I didn't. I laughed a lot in this movie, and I didn't cry at all, which. You know, it's, of all the movies, like right. I cried during La La Land, like that's the that's what I cry at. I cry at like very joyful, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know, kind of moments, but really sad moments. I'm like, oh wow, like yeah, that's really sad. <laughs> um, but there were people in my theater that were like openly like gasping and like 
really re- like reacting to things that were just like Jesus lady calm down <laughs> like when he pulls the gun and is about to like tries to kill himself they, this lady was like, oh, no, no. Oh, and then when it was all done, she was, she let out a big, like, <laughs> he's, he's not going to kill himself. It's a flashback. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, she didn't know. Cause I guess you, you might, you she might may have been might, simple. Yeah. No, really follow that if you're not. there were a lot like, yeah. And when he picks his second fight in the bar with the guy who, who bumps into him and then he just straight out punches him, uh, she like freaked out she was like no no <laughs> like, like, lady, I, I get that lady I, calm down no i get that she's upset that he's you know still the same shitty person yeah <laughs> <clears throat> and then when matthew broderick like reveals like from now on you'll be talking to me if you want to talk to your your mother this guy like up forward was like jeez <laughs> <laughs> God, what a woof. <laughs> All right, so Mitch, you you highly recommend highly it. Recommend. I think it's um I haven't formed my top, top yet, but it's up there. Um, um I, if you are just like really interested in screenplay, I think it's a great movie to watch. Colin, do you I mean you have said some negative things, but do you recommend it? Do you recommend it to certain people or No, I actually don't recommend it. I don't um <clears throat> You know, maybe. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't want to subject someone to this long and depressing of a movie. I don't. I mean, so no. I, I to me, it's just there's other movies like I'm not. I haven't been running around telling people to see this as opposed to yeah. like all the other films. I've seen. See, I like the characters so much. I could have watched more. I could have honestly watched a half hour more of that film. It didn't seem that long to me. Again, <clears throat> in the minority. I know I am, but. Oh, underwhelmed, but uh, good good performance, Casey Affleck. Um, we end every show with some video on demand recommendations. I'll go first. Will you? Yes, okay. I'm gonna go first. <laughs> Since I've been such a Scrooge in the show, I'm going to go ahead and recommend Scrooge, which is on Netflix right now. It has a Christmas movie, and it's Christmas time. I'm gonna I'm gonna do two Christmas movies for our recommendations. Um, Scrooge is. You guys have seen the Richard Donner film Scrooge, starring Bill Murray? Yes, no. I'm surprised. No. You've never many, seen it. I, look, no. I am not. I am not one who celebrates Christmas, but I do watch Christmas movies. But I'm surprised how many people have not seen Scrooge. I've like been asking around, and no one's seen it. Really, yeah. the Ghosts of Christmas Future scared me when I was younger. Oh my god, that yeah. whole scene. The, Scrooge is a scary. It is the scary art design in that. It's a comedy, but it's the, an the 80s. Design, it's very. Like, it's very rich. Dark. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's good. Um, very funny, and uh, that you know. Scrooge is, is kind of known for its kind of it's a wonderful lifeish uh, monologue at the end by Bill Murray in a way, um, and uh, it's a Christmas Carol. So yeah, right, that's it. But uh, yeah, and it it's is, a it's it a wonderful a life. Carol, so you're gonna know what happens. Yeah, it's but, a wonderful life is also basically a Christmas. Carol. I know I, that's interesting. That might be my next recommendation, okay. by the way. But also, <laughs> right. I, I'm writing about it, and it's interesting the little twist in that that trope. Anyways, Scrooge Netflix, check it out. <clears throat> Colin, what do you recommend? It's um. Well, I'll stick with your um, Christmas theme. Um, Home Alone is on HBO, uh, and I just last week you, saw we the saw I saw Home Alone at the DSO again this year, and it was yep. you know, great as always. Um, but it's the movie is on HBO, and you know, it's a great movie. I was thinking about that DSO thing, and I would love to see like La La Land done. Oh, at that. Yes. oh my god, that'd yes. be so fun! 
like just the being feeling that music instead of like a movie score like mm-hmm. Or even like Whiplash, that'd be like when crazy. They did, uh, <laughs> ago, they, the 30th anniversary of E.T. or whatever, John Williams conducted E.T. in front of like a big crowd. Well, that's wow, cool. the movie. That's amazing. That's so I would cool. Love to, I would, every year, I just can never, I couldn't go last week and I still can't. They do multiple ones though. No, I think do, it's... Of Home it's Alone, they just showing. do one. Yeah. Well, I know that, really but I mean like they do a couple... Like pops concerts yeah. every so often, yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean they do like movies too, like I mean... They, yeah. I think they do one every year, pretty much, or um, maybe well, two do, a year. They've been doing Home Alone like every Christmas time, yeah. like three. Oh, years. I yeah. haven't noticed. I guess. But I know they do. Um, um, did I, I don't know if they did a movie one, but they do like the music of like Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah they did the awesome. music. They did like David Bowie that one time. Yeah, that was music cool. of Prince. <clears throat> Prince is Prince. if it wasn't fucking New Year's Eve, I would go to that in a heartbeat. Maybe we should. I have New Year's Eve plans. Yeah, I also have. I know someone. Never mind. What? Tell me more. No, I know someone. (laughs) Um, Mitch, what do you recommend? So um, I'm going to kind of go with the theme of um, like dramas that are comedies, but comedies that are dramas. Uh, Because when I thought of this film, I thought of like, you know, it really feels like an Alexander Payne film mixed with a Richard Linklater film, like just jammed together with, you know. Um, so I thought of one of my favorite Alexander Payne films. He was one of my favorite directors is Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska is very funny. Came out a couple of years ago. I don't really recall if it is on Netflix. It was for the longest. Yeah, it was. I still haven't seen it, but it was for the longest. You haven't seen Nebraska? Oh, you'd love it. Um, it's well shot. Black and white's perfect for like Nebraska and stuff. And, um, yeah, I really like that movie. Will Forte is in it, and that's my yeah. favorite actor. He's really good in it, too, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, he's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really, so I'm going to recommend that. Nice. It's good to see it. Does that take place in Nebraska? Yeah. Good to see somewhere other than Los Angeles, New York, Boston. <laughs> right. Um, well, that's all we got for Manchester by the Sea. Uh, we are going to, right after we're done with this, we're going to do our recording for Star Wars, our Rogue One Star Wars story. Um so make sure to check out that as well. If you have any comments, uh, think uh, Colin and I are insane for not liking this movie uh, or have anything to say about any other movie or what we should watch and what we should review or Christmas recommendations, hit us up at woodwardsfilmcast.com or on Twitter at woodwardsdet. Mm-hmm. For Colin and Mitch, I'm Kale. Rogue One coming up next. Yeah. Bye. This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production, your Detroit avenue to alternative pop culture talk.